Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Nada joins us for the first time in a while to recap the NBA trade deadline. Should Andre Drummond been an acquisition for the Hornets, given how little the Cleveland Cavaliers actually gave up? Also, we researched the last of the trades in the Rich Cho era and this. Um, 2017, Chris Anderson nope. and Cash. Nope, I got one. It's in 2018 is when it happened. So. Birdman and Cash. That sounds like a nice rap duo. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> Breaking news, we got a late deal coming in at the deadline. What? We have now acquired Nada. Oh, back oh my with God. the Locked On Hornets podcast. Oh, thank God. You scared the crap out of me. I thought Andre Drummond was ready to walk through the door. You yelled at him. He's not welcome here. You made that very clear. I kind of miss him. I'm going to be honest now. After oh, all this God. time telling him to get out of here, I got I miss him a little bit. Uh, well, Nada would have liked to have seen him as well as we see on Twitter. We'll get to all of the hot fire takes after our trade acquisition. will join us here in just a moment. You can find Nada on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Nada, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm, everything is cool in the gang. I mean, I hear people talking bad about Andre Drummond. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just come back, make my triumphant return after the trade deadline. Right. Again, it's it's nice. Again, I'm not necessarily a trade deadline acquirer. I'm more like a buyout candidate that happens to just have you guys might just might have signed me for the stretch run. That's all. I feel like you're J.R. Smith. You kind of retired from the game a little while, but we are going to try out today. And if we like you enough, we'll probably kick somebody off of our roster spot and bring you on. So it's more of a tryout. We'll see how it goes. Do you feel okay about having a tryout, Nada? No, I've earned more. I've earned more cachet. I've deserved more than get a tryout. tryout. In true J.R. Smith form. <laughs> Not in true J.R. Smith form. You feel that you earn more. Um, also, one thing real quickly about Nada, if you guys don't realize how we do things around here, there's usually a video chat between Doug and myself. <laughs> now, Nada has joined the video chat, although there's no video, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any pants on. I think Doug and I have come to that realization. Winnie the Pooh. Like, like, why? Why are you guys trying to tell my business everywhere? Not of the poo. Yes. <laughs> Again, yes. Here's the thing. I want to just record where I'm comfortable. Sure. I'm recording with no pants on. Judge me if you must. You're just jealous. That's all it is, Walker. <laughs> the big news yesterday was that it was an exciting trade deadline day. Of course, it happens after we get done was recording. It? Oh. Charlotte Hornets. You didn't think so? I thought there were some big trades yesterday. I, I Listen, I predicted a quiet trade deadline, and I feel like that prediction was sound, and I think it was confirmed. It, see, I mean, no, no huge names, and a lot of the trades that we got were predictable trades. I, I don't think that anything really surprised me. To me, I was right. It was a quiet deadline. Yeah, of course you were. You predicted it. Therefore, you were exactly correct with your prediction. Amazing take from Doug. Surprising take from Doug. I thought it was surprising. We got Andrew Wiggins going to the Golden State Warriors, D'Angelo Russell going to Minnesota. Uh, The real question here, revolving around the Charlotte Hornets, right? They didn't make any moves yesterday. So now we'll have some conversations about whether the veterans will get bought out, specifically Marvin Williams. But first, I want to go to Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond had been linked to the Charlotte Hornets for a while now, even though I, I never felt there was new information that came out on Andre. They're just always, he always seemed to revolve around our planet. But eventually, Andre Drummond was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers 
for John Henson. Go Heels. Brandon Knight and one second-round pick in 2023, and not even the most valuable of second-round picks that the Cleveland Cavaliers own in 2023. Amazing. I, I had no clue that he was that devalued, yet here we are with Andre Drummond going for, I, can you even call it pennies on the dollar? Uh, Nada, we'll start with you. How surprised were you that Andre Drummond went to a team for that little? Very surprised um, to the point where, I really can make a case, hey, maybe we should have looked into this if you're going to get him for basically a quarter water and a bag of chips. If that's all it was going to cost you, then I, I think you really got to look into possibly acquiring him. But not a, but not a, that isn't all it was going to cost them because he has a player option for the next season that's worth $28.75 million. That's like a diamond-plated hand grenade that he holds the key to or the pin to that he could you know explode any cap space they thought they could have had going into next season i i just i mean it's it's not like it would have cost nothing it, i would i here's where i disagree that just means you ex- extend your expirings one more year to where now instead of Cody Zeller and Nick Batum you end up having Cody Zeller Andre Drummond and Nick Batum as expirings one more year in another year where you're basically going to be able to collect some more assets. I would have been okay, especially with the problems that you have at center and problems at center that you are not necessarily going to fix in this draft or in free agency this offseason. Well, I think they have the possibility of fixing them down the line if they're lucky enough to draft uh, Weissman. I mean, there, there is someone available in the top five picks that could fix that problem long term. But the, the, the other problem uh, with acquiring him is that he, you know, for the Pistons, he was taking 14 shots a game to score 17 points. Not an efficient score, but he sucks up a lot of possessions, at least with Cody Zeller. He's not taking possessions away from the players that you actually want to see handle the basketball and be a large part of the offense. Devontae Graham, uh, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, those are the players you want to focus on. If Andre Drummond is a part of your franchise, he has to be a major focus. And that's why I'm glad he's in Cleveland and not in Charlotte. That Here's where I disagree with you on that. Again, it's clear we disagree. <laughs> no, no, no. Very, 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 very clear where we disagree. Hey, Walker, you doing but- all right over there? <laughs> Walker's taking an afro. Stop right upsetting now. Doug Nada. Stop upsetting him. He has to yell at me when you leave. Uh, he, that, that just gives me more motivation to upset him more. This is like when me and him used to work together. We'd just yell at each other for at least a couple hours. But straight, only right? about Andre Drummond. Very true. Only about Andre Drummond. But the only like the last thing I'll say about this is I'm not as big as on Wiseman as most people are. More importantly, I don't think Andre Drummond would have had to come here to take 14, 15 shots. I think he would have been happy with his 8 to 10 and grabbing a whole bunch of boards and solving a massive hole in rim protection and rebounding for this team. Here's why it doesn't make sense for me to acquire Andre Drummond. And it comes down to, honestly, just a couple of simple questions. One, man, if we're talking about Andre Drummond being sold for what we have to assume was the best offer out there, we're talking about the things of value in that trade getting off of Andre's money, that was value, and a second-round pick three years from now. That was the value in acquiring Andre Drummond. To, to get that, to get rid of that, and that was the best offer that the Detroit Pistons could get? I mean, that's amazing to me. And the fact that the NBA is 
leaving Andre Drummond behind. Andre is a dinosaur. Doug went with some of the stats and how inefficient that he is. And also, we're talking about paying a guy $29 million. So you know he's going to opt in, even though there was kind of a conversation circulating around him that he was going to opt out and sign for a big boy contract. Man, you can't now. You know the value of yourself now. So you're opting in. And it's going to be $30 million for a year. The only way you would opt out is if you think you can secure something long-term. But, I mean, you're going, what, two years for $15 million and you're right back at the same amount of money you would make with one year. So I don't want Andre Drummond on the Charlotte Hornets team eating up possessions from other people, someone that can't defend very well. I'd rather have Cody Zeller as my center this year. And, I, and I would rather have Cody. And even though we're shocked at how little Andre Drummond uh, was able uh, to get the Detroit Pistons in return for him, they still Cleveland still had to send a second round pick and we've seen what Mitch Kupchak so far can do with second round picks so I'm not I'm not discounting the fact that Cleveland had to give up an asset for Andre Drummond an asset that I wouldn't have wanted Charlotte to give up that's number 1 2 they would have also had to give an, give up cap space potentially next season I don't think the Charlotte Hornets are going to go out and try to acquire a free agents that could actually contribute to help them win, but it, it would have prevented them from being able to do what Memphis did, which is take on dead money in Andre Iguodala and get a first round pick and then flip that dead money later on for more assets. That's what the Hornets need to be focused on. They don't need to bring any money risk into this organization unless it comes with a pick, not, not leaving a pick. No. Not Edwards Here's joining the- us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. It's very tough to see because he decided to make his camera black, so we couldn't see him without his pants. So I didn't know whether to go back to Nada once again. We'll move on, though, Nada. Uh, one other thing that you've talked about I've seen on your Twitter feed, and it's an interesting question, is whether Marvin Williams will get bought out. And what's interesting to me is I don't think we've heard a whole lot of that locally, right? But for some reason, you know, Zach Lowe has put that in his piece when he wrote some of the rumors that he had heard uh, ahead of the deadline, even on the jump yesterday. He talked about Marvin Williams possibly being a part of the buyout market. What's interesting to me as, as well is Rick Bennell, not too long ago, wrote a piece that Marvin was con- seriously considering retirement at the end of this season. And so is it more feasible for Marvin to stay at a place in which he likes and has grown to love it? I think he likes it here in Charlotte. I think it's pretty documented. And his family's here. Or does he want to go to, you know, a whatever team out there on the buyout market and try to contend for a championship. Just some interesting questions. I just, I wonder what he's going to do. Nada, what say you about the uh, potential buyout of Marvin? Oh, he's not going anywhere because he's like, again, Mar- as someone like Marvin's around my age. So the big thing about Marvin for me is if he's going to leave, he would have said so. He would have been kind of honest and open up front and he would have been bought out already. But Marvin, again, Marvin is one of those people that's old that likes to say, okay, I know what I got. I know what I'm dealing with here. I'm not necessarily going to go ring chase or go to a team that a ring is not necessarily a guaranteed thing. He's not going to be able to go to the Lakers. He's not going to be able to go to the Clippers. Milwaukee's probably not beating down his door. So if he's not going to go to one of those three teams, then what's the point of taking a buyout to compete for a playoff series in a spot that, again, I think we're overlooking comfort when it comes to Marvin Williams. Yeah. And that's why I think he'll probably stay. Uh, I agree with you, Nod. I think Marvin Williams will continue to be a Charlotte Hornet moving forward. But we have to understand that the buyout leverage is all with the team. 
I mean, they're already not playing Marvin Williams. It's not like he could be disgruntled and affect the team. That doesn't feel like a Marvin Williams thing to be disgruntled and affect the locker room in any way. This guy's a class act. We've heard it from Clifford. We've heard it from Borrego. We've heard it from everyone in the organization. Now, could the organization just suddenly get charitable and say, we love Marvin Williams and we want to go see him play somewhere else? I guess. But, I mean, why? I mean, he provides some value off the floor. So I don't see why the Hornets, unless they could get some huge savings by doing that would do it. I just don't see it happening. I agree with that. For me with Marvin, I I find value of teams doing that. I think it looks good on them and maybe not for the long term, but also I wonder how much of the long term Marvin helps. Like I'm totally with you on this, Doug. I've always bought into the idea that when you tank, it's nice to have some vets on the team that know what they're doing so you can learn some things. But also when we're asking, okay, how much is Marvin going to help you for the next two, three months? I, that's, that's, not even, that's not even me kind of dismissing that question. That is a legitimate question. How much does Marvin help you for the next two or three months of the regular season until it's done? As well as, can Marvin help you on another team? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's not going to avoid advice if he's playing for another team to give to Devontae Graham or particularly P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges. Who, um, who actually play that same position. And so for me, if the Hornets were looking to do something as a solid for Marvin Williams because the guy wins the media awards, because everybody absolutely freaking loves him, he's the best dude in the locker room and probably has been ever since he's been here, then yeah, I'm cool with that. Like I don't know how much they owe anybody else something, but with Marvin, I- I'm cool with the Hornets doing something charitable for Marvin. Nada, we appreciate you joining us uh, to discuss this, and I'm glad you and I were both able to stay calm. <laughs> yeah, again, again, I'm glad. Again, you wanted the fire. I'm sorry I didn't necessarily provide the oh, fire. I thought you brought it. Next but it's week. but it's good that we, you know, we got to listen, even though we disagree, you know, we got to stay calm. Yes, we do have to stay calm. And more importantly, I can't be anything but calm when I have no pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And hey, listen, if you want to stay calm, you have to use our friends that support this show at Calm, whether it's sports work or just getting through your day. Everyone felt it coming. We all know physical fitness is important, but if you want to stay on top... There's no pants on one of us. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to stay on top of your game, you have to take care of your mental fitness as well. That's why you need Calm. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and they've teamed up with LeBron James. You know that guy. To help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so that you sleep better, you have less stress, and you perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. If you head to Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA right now, you're going to get 40% off a Calm Premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like Rain on Leaves. And so much more. Sleep stories, meditations, it's all there on the Calm app. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with 40% off an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Not always good hearing from you, buddy. We appreciate the time, man. No problem. See y'all later. All right, a couple more segments coming up here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. 
And the Google description here says on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades named or numbered <laughs> B shares Batik of New York N dot B dot A dot. So take that for what you will. It's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, the tryout didn't work, so we decided to cut Nada and go our separate ways. Uh, one thing real quickly, on the wake-up call this morning, we do this segment called Flashback Friday. I went back two years in time at the NBA trade deadline, and I believe that was Rich Cho's final trade, Doug. Um, how about J-O-B for Billy Hernan Gomez? And uh, also, so J-O-B and a couple second-round picks in exchange for Billy Hernan Gomez. I believe that's the last trade that Rich Cho actually made when he was with Charlotte. That's right. And if you remember at the time when this happened and we talked about it, a lot of us had some conspiracy theories about whether or not Rich Cho was trying to acquire Billy Hernan Gomez to flip that to San Antonio because San Antonio had expressed interest in Billy Hernan Gomez. It's my favorite thing come trade deadline day Mm -hmm. is when a move is made. It's Oh, he's not done. <laughs> there's, there's more to come. Every, that's everybody's favorite quote tweet. It makes me smile. And nine times out of 10, they're done. That's it. That's the trade. That's the tweet. Woj is really not going to expound upon that. We have a couple of drafts, uh, excuse me, a couple of other trades to get to from the Charlotte Hornets history bank. Doug, what do you got for us going all the way back to what really was the, uh, the birth of the Hornets again? Yeah, go back and listen to yesterday's show if you haven't already, because I went through the trade history, beginning with the Hornets' very first trade in 1988, all the way up until that first Bobcats playoff run, and then the teardown that happened pretty much right after that, that culminated in in letting go Gerald Wallace and Steven Jackson. So now I'm going to pick up with the Bobcats' second eighth seed run, and this period where the Hornets then take over and try to keep the boat afloat. So we start in February 2013. This is the Josh McRoberts deal. In fact, one of the first episodes of this podcast ever. At the time, it was called Podcats. It's a great name. It was fantastic. I want to go back. <laughs> it didn't SEO well because there was another podcast called Podcats about cats. So we had to change the name because we weren't SEOing very well. But anyway... It was around this time that we started the podcast, and this was the first deal that we had to cover. Josh McRoberts acquired by the Bobcats from the Orlando Magic in exchange for Hakeem Warwick and Cash. And at the time, I didn't think that move was anything. I was like, what is going on? And of course, McRoberts, a central piece of that Al Jefferson, Kimball Walker playoff run that they made. And Cliff loved himself, some Josh McBob. That was a great move. And Gave it was us only, some you know, moments, too. You know, he rejected mm-hmm. uh, and, and fouled LeBron James pretty hard one time. He had the <laughs> wraparound pass on the baseline. That was fancy. Uh, hair worth mentioning. I think the Hornets, didn't oh, sure. they do like a, a hair? Uh, they, they, mem- they Best like, hair? Uh, thank you very much. And they, they did something no where they honored all the best hair in Bobcat slash Hornets history. You're and, a radio professional, by the way. And McBob had a ton of hair. <laughs> Uh, just flowing down all the way to his shoulders. It was amazing. February 2014, a year later, uh, the Hornets acquired, or excuse me, traded Jeff Adrian Ramon. Se- I should have written this better. Jeff Adrian Ramon Sessions and a trade yeah, exception. Producer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they traded all of that to the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for Gary Neal, Luke Ridnour, and a trade exception. So this is where the Hornets and Rich Cho were trying to make these mid-season deals to keep the boat afloat. 
And then a year later, at the deadline again, they traded Gary Neal, the player that they traded for a year before. They traded him and a 2019 second-round pick. Remember, Cho hated those second-round picks. God, hated him. He sent that all of that to Minnesota in exchange for Troy Daniels. Troy Daniels! Mo Williams and Cash. They, they really wanted to acquire Mo because, at the time, Kimball Walker was missing a lot of time, and they were trying to get back to the playoffs. They were, unfortunately, Mo Williams played well, but they were unsuccessful in doing that. Well, I mean, how about a sneaky, significant impact player in Mo Williams? Oh, Can yeah. you call him sneaky, or did, did people do people realize his moment in Hornets history, the brief moment that it was? I think people at the time understood that Mo Williams could do one thing and do it very well, and that was score the basketball. He had played alongside uh, LeBron James and was was a piece of, of Cavaliers history. So I, I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to come in and make an impact. Um, but unfortunately, just not enough to get them over the hump. Well, and I mean, I just remember him playing an integral part in the way that they performed the second half of the season. They were That's what got them to the oh, playoffs. Yeah. It was the second half performance. They were really good. I think Mo Williams had some ridiculous streak and maybe ridiculous in the sense that we had not seen that before. But it was like some ridiculous streak of 20 point performances consecutively. Mo Williams was huge for us. That was an awesome trade. Uh, Troy Daniels, though, the the best moment, the miracle after midnight sure. of of that, of Troy Daniels, Mo Williams, and Cash, I think we'll remember Troy Daniels the most. Okay. Mo Williams, in an interview, by the way, when we acquired him, said, hey, we asked him, hey, what can Troy Daniels do for you? He said, hey, man, he can shoot the hell out the ball. And sure enough, he did. And that, I mean, accurate by Mo Williams. So now we move into this next era, which Hornets shape a new playoff team. It started in June of 2015. Luke Ridnour, constant trade piece and a conditional 2016 second-round pick were sent to Oklahoma City in exchange for Jeremy Lamb and a trade exception. Then you move to June 2015, say a couple days later, they uh, acquired Nick Batum <laughs> from the Portland Trailblazers in exchange for Gerald Henderson, Noah Vonley, and a trade exception. Still, I think even, even though we know everything that we know now, I still think that's a great trade. <sighs> Okay, yeah. I mean, the, I the signing, the signing, not so much that happened yeah. later, right. but the trade right. itself was a good trade. No, you're right. There's a reason that nobody destroyed Rich Cho at the time for that signing, and it helped them get to the playoffs and almost uh, get to the second round over Miami. All right, June 2015, the Lance Stevenson experience failed miserably, and they sent Lance to the Clippers in exchange for Matt Barnes and Spencer Hawes. Matt went away. Spencer Hawes and the man bun stayed. Then February 2016, Brian Robertson, a trade exception, were sent to the Miami Heat in exchange for Birdman, Chris Anderson, who was released, a conditional 2019 second-round pick, a conditional 2017 second-round pick. Courtney Lee and Cash were sent to Charlotte in exchange for P.J. Hairston, Brian Roberts, a 2018 second-round pick, and a 2019 second-round pick. And then Birdman, P.J. Hairston, a conditional 2019 second-round pick, and the 2018 second-round pick, and a 2017 second-round pick, and a 2019 second-round pick were all sent to the Memphis Grizzlies, which they used a lot to build this current team that they're in now, in exchange for Courtney Lee and Cash. That was a lot. I put that trade in there because of how ridiculously complicated it was. One, Courtney Lee gives us probably the best moment of the Hornets in this Two past decade. Two of yeah. them. Sure. Um, Courtney Lee was awesome in the brief time that he was here. Also, here's a take for you, a take that is awful. I had rem I remember watching Lance <laughs> Stevenson play for the Indiana Pacers. 
What? <laughs> I just that was the best preface maybe in pod in our yeah. podcast history. Oh, no. I've got it was, a take it for awful. you. It's awful. <laughs> it was an awful take. It was an awful take at the time. It's it's my past take. It's my 2015 Walker take. Having just missed out on Gordon Hayward because the Utah Jazz matched the offer from the Hornets, right, right, on Gordon Hayward, and then they have to then go get Lance Stevenson. I was like, oh, yeah, this is great, because they get a better player for less money. I'm so happy that this happened for the Charlotte Hornets, having just watched Lance Stevenson, Doug, lead the league in triple doubles yep. at five. Mm-hmm. That's when we decided that the NBA was going to change in an amazing way, that Lance Stevenson led the league in triple doubles at five, and then Russell Westbrook averages one. Got in LeBron's like, head, almost weird. upended, you know, almost helped the Pacers up in the heat. He was good, man. He was good, and I thought I thought that the Hornets had just swooned everybody. Oh, who cares, Gordon Hayward? We're going to get Lance. We're going to get him for less money, and yikes, that was a bad I wouldn't call that a terrible take because you weren't alone. Like, the, to me, the terrible takes are when you go – left of where everybody is going and then and then you are also wrong like to me that's the worst take i mean you just you were you were uh, right there with everyone else in the conventional wisdom that lance stevenson was not going to become an all-star but was going to come here and at least help them make the playoffs and they had to do several more trades to actually get the team to a place where it can make the playoffs in fact it leads me right into this final era of hornets trade history and it has directly to like you can trace it all back to the Lance acquisition. All of the deals that that would happen after that uh, were sort of because of the Lance thing. So I'm calling this era Hornets sell their soul for a chance at another playoff run. They got a taste of the playoffs. They wanted more. They were going to do whatever it took. It started in 2016. You remember Walker? They didn't have a great draft pick. It was down in the 20s. So they traded their draft rights in exchange for Marco Bellinelli. That ended up being an okay move. Then Feb- Fine. It doesn't mean yeah. you had to get Malachi, but I, I still don't love it. You can go on. Okay. February 2017, Spencer Hawes, Roy Hibbert, that was another failed experiment, and a trade exception were sent to the Bucks in exchange for Miles Plumley. Mm. I Truly the most puzzling trade, even at the time. I mean, you talk about worst takes. That was the worst take of Rich Joe, deciding that Miles Plumley needed to be a part of this team. And I remember when that trade broke, I was actually on the pulse at the time, and all of us were trying to make sense of it. Nobody could make any sense of it whatsoever. It was an awful trade. They, I mean, they the franchise felt that they were a center away, you know, a big away from being a playoff contender. And that was A, incorrect, and B, yes. they selected Miles Plumley as the target who uh, was already disappointing for the Bucks, but then on top of that made a lot of money. And then on top of because uh, Plumley was part of that 2016 boon where yes. a bunch of bigs got paid, including Bismack Biombo. But on top of that, he was coming back from an injury. And so he was a little out of shape. When he was drafted by the Indiana Pacers, my brother texted me and said, did we just draft the worst Plumley brother? And I said, yes, yes, you did. That was absolutely correct. All right, let's go to June 2017. Dwight Howard and a 2017 second-round pick were acquired by the Charlotte Hornets from the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for Marco Bellinelli, Miles Plumley, and a 2017 second-round pick. The Dwight Howard acquisition, part of trying to recoup something from Miles Plumley, and then that deal begat 
the Mozgov deal in 2018, which begat Biombo. So again, you can Biombo's second run with the Hornets, you can trace it all the way back to Lance Stevenson and that failed experiment, that failed acquisition. Uh, they so Lance Stevenson became Bismack Biombo, and that's all you need to know about the past seven, eight years of Hornets history. Man, I'm sad that he didn't get traded then for some second round pick. Wouldn't that have been fun to continue this chain? <laughs> I would have liked to have seen what the second round pick could have become. That would have been amazing. But not because they are inactive at the trade deadline for the second year under Mitch Kupchak. And you know what? That's probably a good Get thing. out of here! <laughs> Andre Drummond. Enjoy Cleveland. All right. Final segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Forby's Challenge coming up next. This is Locked On Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want me back you. on the show, I baby. got you, Doug. You want me back you, on the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Slim pickings on the 4Bs challenge these days as James Brego has shortened his rotation. He is not playing the veterans, but Cody Zeller anymore. And Cody Zeller only got 13 minutes against the Houston Rockets. And now, Doug, we're even a young kid short of actually getting able to choose or being able to choose him for this 4Bs challenge. What kind of update do you have on Cody Martin? Yeah, so not only did he have surgery uh, to repair a nasal fracture, you saw him uh, get hit in the schnoz by Cody Zeller, and Zeller knows all about getting hit in the schnoz. Uh, Accidentally hit him in the face, and he went down immediately, and then blood was just like pouring out of his nose. Uh, So nasal fracture, repaired that, but also in the concussion protocol. So no telling when Cody Martin will be back in action. So yeah, can't pick him. But uh, by the way, in this matchup that they have coming up with the Dallas Mavericks, they may be without both Porzingis and Luka Doncic. So this is a sneak win opportunity for the Hornets this weekend. Also, the Dallas Mavericks win that they had earlier this year in in really what was sandwiched in between a couple of really bad losing streaks, the Dallas win on the road might be the best win of not only James Brego's season, but maybe his career. So, and that was uh, with Luka Doncic. No KP in that game, I don't believe, Doug. No, 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 he wasn't. Um, Okay, so first pick. I'm going to pick first again because I continue to lose, and we've tied quite a few games in a row. Yeah, four in a row now, one and one, Which, but the, you lost the last one. Yes. Right, I lost the last one, and in golf, uh, we will continue to have me go up first, and so that's how we'll implement it here. Uh, I'm, going to go, I'm going to go Dwayne Bacon. Dwayne for, Bacon got 11 for minutes your high? in this game. No, for my low. <laughs> for my low. I know. <laughs> I figured you would, uh, but I got scared and wanted to clarify that. I, I had to react that way. Dwayne Bacon for my low is going to be the first pick. 11 minutes, like I said, against Houston. If there's no Cody Martin, then I imagine Dwayne's going to get more minutes in this contest. So uh, Dwayne, unfortunate season for him. I got to go with him for the low. I feel better about that one than picking any for the high. Yeah, I'm a little scared to pick Miles again uh, because he's on a roll right now. So maybe it makes sense to stick with the hot hand. But will P.J. Washington start? I mean, they got him 24 minutes, so it feels like he's good to go. And then how will that affect Miles Bridges? I'm scared. So I'm going to I'm gonna go Devontae Graham. I feel like he's due. This is a good yeah. matchup for him. I, I like this for him. Although Brunson is a tough, you know, can be a tough defender sometimes. So uh, I'm, but I'm going to stick. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Devontae Graham for my high, for my low. 
No Porzingis. Uh, nah, I'm just going to go Billy. Uh, eventually, Billy's got to hit a low for me. Man, he's going to get some rebounds, though. Like, he's got a pretty I decent know. floor, although I might DQ with Dwayne. There's no way I DQ tonight with Dwayne. I, I just can't. I don't, don't think have- so. Well, that's and that's the thing. I don't want to try to, like, predict who's going to start or, I mean, sorry, who's going to play in in place of Cody Martin. I don't want to play that game So because that leads to a DQ. So I want to stay safe and go Billy. I'm going to protect my lead. I thought about playing that game, but I think that's the right strategy. But Toom would do that to me if you're yeah. if it's no Cody Martin – and I haven't heard anything about a G League call-up that I'm thinking it's probably going to be Batum or he shortens the rotation. You go, no, Batum, and Bacon gets a lot of minutes, which might hurt your low. Now, that's something I would have liked to have seen real quickly is you picking Caleb Martin before he's called out. Galaxy before, brain. Yeah, before he actually, before that report came in, I would have liked to have seen the Caleb Martin move. I'm going to go with Malik. Malik right. Monk, give me the high score. Malik, high, that's not bad. Yeah. He's Malik played Monk well. He's played team. well right now. And a, lot of, a lot of young guys playing well for the show. All right, Hornets. that'll do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Always appreciate you joining us here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, L-O-H. Also, not a scribe. Make sure you give him a follow and our show handle at Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you next week.